0: Good day, folks. You're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. My name is Jason Kirtman. On the other end of this coaxial cable is my good buddy, Jim man's second best friend, Nelson. How are you doing, Jim? <laughs> I was expecting barking or something. <laughs> oh, good grief. It is, once again, very, very, very early in the morning. That's and my Lurch impression. Your Lurch impression. Oh, from the Adams family. My lurch impression in, involves lurching forward. It's a visual. It's it's not something you can hear. So yeah, about that. My you lurch know, is yeah. not your lurch, and your lurch is not my lurch. Hey, that'd be a yeah, good yeah. title right there. <laughs> so, been busy this week, Jim. We just got over the Thanksgiving holidays. How'd it go for oh, you? My goodness. Well, things went well. Yeah. Um, things went well, but it's it's been pretty busy. Yeah. And you did a lot of cooking too, from what I recall. Yes. What was your favorite dish that you did this this weekend? Well, I think the ham that I
1: made because yeah. we did ham instead of turkey this year. I think that turned out really well. I was pretty pretty happy
0: with that. Did you use honey in your process at all, or um, just no a, I, brown sugar? Brown sugar. It's close enough. Close you make
1: enough. me feel so good. <laughs> was oh, some crown sugar,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that, so well we we did a lot of cooking. I smoked three turkey breasts out on the barbecue grill, and I got to tell you jim i I've done a lot of smoking meats before, but this turkey breast was the best thing I think I have ever smoked. It, it was that good. And I, I, I was really disappointed yesterday because, um, I ate the last of the leftovers. You know how you turkey after Thanksgiving, you do a turkey and there's like leftovers for a couple of days. And indubitably, uh, if that's the right word for it, in- inevitably, inevitably, that turkey becomes part of at least one or two sandwiches after Thanksgiving. Right. Well, this turkey was too good for a sandwich. I just, you know, Poured the extra gravy on it, popped it in the microwave, I just couldn't stand the thought of having that on a sandwich when it was so good just by itself. it was that good, so i guess uh I guess jim we will uh will take over uh do some business here but thank you, Jim is our xylophone uh in office here I guess uh our special thanks to our executive consultant, Mr. Rodney barden, who brought us uh the McDonald's corporation as our as our sponsor and i haven't had a mcdonald's in a couple of weeks or so i think i'm i'm starting to have a big mac attack do you remember the commercials where they say i'm having a big mac attack back in the right. 70s and maybe early yep. 80s i don't remember i i completely understand uh, that sentiment i'm having a big mac attack i'm sure the american heart association doesn't think it's too funny but that's their problem right they, i guess <laughs> so Anyway, speaking of McDonald's, Jim, did you know the McRib is coming back in like three days? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Are you a fan of the McRib? I liked the McRib. Uh, okay, <laughs> I thought I, I was I mean, waiting I, for an expansion on that, but
1: no, I. It was you know I I liked it. It was like worth doing, but it was. I, I'm a. I tell you what I what I really liked. Yeah, when they when they had the specials
0: on the flayfish. Oh yeah. Filet fish is yeah, good. You know I the like the, filet, the filet, fish. filet fish used to be one of their cheapest sandwiches. And it's not anymore. It, it's I I, th- I don't think they're all like cheap like they used to be. You know, you you could get you used to get just a plain simple cheeseburger for $1.99. And you can't do that anymore. I, I don't I think it's like a $1.49 or a $1.69 or something. I can't really blame McDonald's for that. They're just keeping up with the the times and the way things are. But, uh, but that McRib is good. Just the right amount of barbecued onions on there, that's good stuff, even if it's not really rib meat. I think it is processed, but uh, I like it. I, I like it a lot. So, um, anyway, back to the business. Uh, check out our website at ourfantasticwebsite.com, vintagebiscuits.com. We'll take you to the same place. We get a lot of hits there every week. Um, we get a lot of hits, too, on our Facebook page. The Biscuits and Gravy Bunch. Always some funny stuff going on there. And um, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And uh, we'd, we'd love to hear what you think about us. And it's okay if you don't think much about us. We'd still love to hear it. Doesn't mean we'll change anything, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we are also heard on the leading edge radio network, Q Star FM, KKTY Tiger Country Radio, WBM Radio, Good Talk Radio, Del Talk Radio, and of course our own illustrious Apex Radio Net dot com. So, hey Jim, do you remember last week when I talked about my hamburger method? Yes. Yeah, it was five minutes on one side, salt and pepper it, five minutes on the other side, a little salt and pepper. And then after that, flip it one last time, put a slice of cheese on it, approximately one minute more or until the cheese melts. Well, I got a message from a listener this week that said that they had problems uh, making the perfect hamburger until they tried this method. And now it's perfect. Not too dry, but still cooked thoroughly. And awesome. She loved it. So there you go. Hey, I, I knew we were good for something. I knew we were. What are you good for, Jim? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Not much, apparently. No, we're you know, that's just the thing. Uh we're all but smart I, about something. As I as I get older, you know, I, I've
1: I've 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 realized a few things. Yeah, what have you realized? Well, there's a bit of a list, so you have to bear with me. Okay. All right. Um well one I talk to myself sometimes because I need expert advice. <laughs> yeah? Sometimes I roll my eyes
0: out loud. Is that like rolling the dice and you hear that clicking and clattering? Kinda? And then you take uh, them and put them back in your head? Just kidding. Oh, well, see, I just did it. It's like, uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: I, don't, I don't need anger management. I need people to stop
0: making me mad. People management. Yeah,
1: yeah, and my my people skills are just fine. It's my tolerance of idiots that needs work, apparently.
0: I deal with that uh, every single day of the Monday through Friday, yeah. the work week. Yeah,
1: the um, you know, and I tell myself lies, but the biggest lie I tell myself is is that I don't need to write it down; I'll remember it.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing, <laughs> and then I go, what was that thing I you told me to write down? And I said I'd remember it. And I told that to Sarah, and, right, and she remembers it. i did remember it just not first person (laughs) and
1: uh, i realized that uh, when i was a kid i thought you know i thought nap time was a punishment now it's like a mini vacation yeah i've also learned that uh, even duct tape can't fix stupid but it can muffle the sound
0: yeah i was just gonna say it can it can make it a lot quieter what else have you learned
1: well I, i realized more or less that um you know, it'd be really cool if you could like put yourself in the dryer for 10 minutes and come out wrinkle free <laughs> and three <laughs> sizes smaller.
0: Yeah. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah. Any volunteers um, down at the nursing home? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, um, we- getting
1: lucky these days means
0: walking into a room and remembering why I'm there. Right. No, I completely <laughs> understand that.
1: And that's, that's kind of my list, you know, pending being added to, but that's, that's my list.
0: You know, we're kind of at that awkward age, and um, <laughs> we are too old for the roller coaster and too young for Geritol. That's that's the awkward age right there. So <laughs> that, That's about right, isn't it? You, that's you, about right. I I don't think I'd get on a roller coaster these days. Not unless it was something, you know, Seth really, really begged me to do with him, I might consider it. I used to love him. Used to absolutely love him. now, they... Don't I get I get I get the same effect by just standing up out of bed in the morning sometimes. <laughs> so, woo, that was fun. <laughs> you know. So I got a couple of jokes for you. You ready for this? Yes. I got two jokes. Yes. This is this is courtesy of my new joke book. Um, did you hear about the cross-eyed teacher? No. He couldn't control his pupils. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> there's a song about a cross-eyed bear um we did at church one time i never did anyway what do you get if you cross a hyena with a bullion cube a hyena with a bullion yeah um i don't uh uh, uh, an all beef hot dog i don't know (laughs) a laughing stock Uh... (laughs) oh yeah lame jokes i got i'm i'm a collector of lame jokes you watching the news lately jim what's going on not no. to get too much too heavy. I, I'm at the. I'm at a. I don't know. Speaking of an awkward stage, that's where we're kind of at right now. Um, <laughs> I I think Biden's gonna. I think he's got this thing. If for no other reason than the people that are, um, handling Trump's, um, lawsuits and his petitions are just kind of pushing them aside without consideration. Unless you know, Giuliani said the other day that you know that's okay, that's fine, that's part of their plan. They want it to go to the Supreme Court, and that—that's what I keep hearing. I'm well, yeah, I I do too. I kind of hope so, but at this point, I'm not holding my breath. Tr- uh, Trump's made um statements that uh, if if Biden wins the Electoral College, he will move out of the White House, which I wouldn't expect anything less. People kept saying, you know, especially these liberal people, the, the extremists. That, you know, Trump's going to not set foot out of the White House, and what are we going to do? Will the military move in and remove him? And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I'm kind of laughing at the same time because I kind of thought the same thing about Obama, that he might try that. But he didn't. I'll, I'll give that to his credit. He didn't. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't think any presidential uh past president would have ever done anything like that. Because that would, that, that would put us in a disastrous situation so thoughts on that no i i think if it's if if
1: and when it comes to that point it's it's going to be pretty obvious, but we've been told from t- from from day one that this is going to be a process, and we need to be patient with it. And that pushing it to the Supreme Court, um, not only do I think that that actually is part of the plan, but I think that, and and I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I think not only is that the plan coming from Trump's side of the the game. I think that the left realizes that that was the plan, and that was why they didn't want
0: Ruth Ginsburg's
1: place taken by a Trump appointee.
0: Well, could be, yeah.
1: I, I think that that's why they were losing their mind about it. The other thing is, remember what Hillary said at the end of the last election? We can't let that, and she used some choice expletives, get in the office, get in the White House, um because we'll all be swinging from a rope.
0: Yeah, that unfortunately that that hasn't happened yet.
1: Well, no, but look at where we're at. You've got Sidney Powell is where she is, and she's she's the one of the few people that can bring these the, these things in and these people mm-hmm. in and try them before a military tribunal. You know, when she talked about releasing the Kraken, I don't think that that was an offhanded remark, and I and I think that that they know exactly what what they're doing, and. Whether Trump does or doesn't leave office, I think he's trying to do uh, among the last... I think in his last acts, he's trying to do the things that he said he was going to do, which is to drain the swamp. This is part of the process that's necessary for that. I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, I am too. I'm just hoping that's the case. I'm sitting back like I'm watching a tennis match, things going back and forth. And I'm thinking... Well, And the thing about it is... Trump if you've watched his presidency the last 4 years he's always been two steps ahead of what everybody else thought he was doing that they think he's going in this direction and then boom something happened the next thing you know we've got peace with one of our enemies we've got right. we've got the embassy uh, and different things of that nature where we thought you know that that alone in and of itself is something that former presidents have said that they would do Including, if I'm not mistaken, Barack Obama. And it just never happened. It was sweet talk, is what it was. You're talking about the embassy in Israel? Yes, the embassy in Israel. That's correct. Moving it to Jerusalem. Yeah, and, and
1: see, uh, that's, one of, that's one of Trump's charms, is that he, oh. he does what he says he's going to do.
0: He's a sweet talker that follows through. He's like the Muhammad Ali of presidents. That's a good way to put it, because he, yeah, he he dances yeah. under the lights, and you well, might, and he, might not he like the music, the talk. but he's got the perfect steps.
1: Right. He talks the talk, and then he follows up on it. And I think that that is what, that's what the left fears most about him. Mm-hmm. He's not messing around. And then you throw the, uh, throw the media into the mix. I, th- this is one of the reasons why I think listening to the media is a mistake at this point. Right. Because there, not only are we seeing the worst of the left, we're seeing the worst of the left's control mechanism, which is the media. And, and that's part of the reason why I just, you know, I've been praying about the situation. I've been making financial contributions where I've been able to. Right. Um, I've, I've been careful about that because, you know, you can get a lot of stuff sent to your phone that may not actually be going where you want it to. But if you go on, if you go online and do a proper search for uh, a legitimate Trump election defense place, uh, fund you know, then then you can do that with, with confidence because you're not just responding to a text that happened to come to your phone. But uh, I'm just waiting to see the thing play out. I don't know which way it's going to go, but... Um,
0: we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. So it, it, it'll all be interesting. I'm I'm kind of waiting. I'm hopeful. I'm prayerful. Uh, and, and no matter what that happens, uh, even if you know, we find Biden moving into the White House and stuff. I, I pray that if common sense doesn't prevail with Biden and Harris, at least it, let it prevail in our legislative le- legislative branches uh, to keep things in check. And I think they will. I, I really do. I
1: have you heard anything about about that? Not You're yet. You are talking
0: like with the with the Senate, Senate, and the House. Uh, you know, I I don't know where we stand on who's won what and who's in the lead and what what party's controlling which yet. Um, but I, I'm confident, I'm hopeful and prayerful, uh, that those legislative branches will keep a administration, no matter who it is, uh, in check and in line with the Constitution. That's all we can ever hope for and pray for no matter who the president is. Um, you know, I was sitting in a restaurant one time and, um, I, we were talking politics with a gentleman in town who was a businessman, very smart, intelligent. And uh, I mentioned that my brother was a Missouri state representative, and uh, this was in Missouri. And the man said, oh, really? He said, what district? And I told him, and he said, well, what is he, a Republican or a Democrat? And I I said, well, he's a Republican, but he calls him, he, he's a Republican. I said, he's a rhino. He goes, oh, he's a Democrat then, really? Just, I said, no, 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 he's a rhino. He's a Republican in name only. He's really a conservative, a constitutionalist. And the guy rolled his eyes and said, Oh great, just what we need, more of those. And I got to thinking about that. Oh my word. Yeah, I was like, um, wow, this, this is what's wrong. It's, it's the people that are voting and putting people into office that don't have an idea, not an inkling of an idea, how that constitution is ideolog, um, ideologically, I'm trying to say that word, ideology, <laughs> Help me, Jim.
1: Ideologically.
0: Yeah, that's the one. What he said. Um, it, it is our, <laughs> it is our best friend. It really yes. is. And without it, we're no better off than any other countries that, you know, the, we the former Soviet Union, Czechoslovakia, um, Yugoslavia, all these countries that have gone by the wayside. All that does is put our first foot forward on the path that they went down without that constitution we can't do that we need we need more constitutionalist rhinos in my opinion um and i i don't use that term degradingly uh to be a rhino i know that it takes i i know that it takes um in some places you can have all the conservative values in the world everything but you're not going to get into office unless you declare yourself a democrat you and it goes the other way around, too. I know good men who have run for office, um, who, uh, who did that, who were Republicans in name, but they were Democrats. And I've known people who were Democrats in name who were really Republicans. And, uh, th- that's a shame. It really is that in our society, some of our politicians to get in, it- it's almost, uh, it's almost deceitful and unfair, but, the problem is not with them the problem is with the population that all they look for on that ballot is the r or the d right that's the problem we've got uneducated voters we got a lot of educated voters but i think the majority goes the other way i really do and it's really sad it's it's extremely sad thoughts <laughs>
1: No, no, you, you summed it up pretty well. It's, it's, it's really a sad set of circumstances that, that people just vote party. Yeah. Because what that tells me is, is that they're not really even doing that.
0: No. They're,
1: they're really just listening to the rhetoric.
0: I, I will tell you this. I'm, I'm not completely guilty of it, but there have been times when I went in to vote for somebody for a particular office and I've heard no advertisements. This is the first time I've heard or seen their name. This is, this is back some time ago, back when I was younger. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this person or this person. I've never heard of them. They're running for this office. Might be like a county commissioner or a judge or something, uh, something more on the local level. And I would be like, I don't know who to vote for. And, and I don't think I'm the only one that's done this, but I would vote for the R. And I'll tell you why I did. Because of the two, which one is more likely and almost positively pro-life yes what are your chances of that and you and i jim we 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 are in an agreement when it comes to being pro-life we're one issue voters nothing yeah else. you can say that you're going to tax the fire out of me but if you say in the same breath that under your administration you're going to do everything in your power to stop abortion guess who's getting and, and if you convince me of that Guess who's yeah, getting my vote? Exactly. Because I'm a firm believer, I'm a, I've got faith, just as you do, that if the Bible says, if my people are called by my name, you know, and humble and repent and turn from their wicked ways, um, that, that we'll be blessed as a nation. Uh, of course, I know he was talking to his children, uh, the, the Jewish people. Israel. Israel. But I think that applies to us, too, because we are the dogs that eat from the crumbs of the table. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just check that out. I believe Matthew, right? The book of Matthew. Well, that's probably in all the, all the gospels. I don't really remember off the top of my head. But I, I think those blessings are, are, um, they trickle down, uh, through yes. God's people to us. And we've always been, we've always been a, an ally well, of Israel. Yeah, uh, that's true. So. Um, but anyway, that, I, that's the one issue, voter. I think if we did that, even if we were going to raise our taxes, uh, you know what? God would bless us. Our economy would boom. We could probably afford to pay more taxes. And if if those taxes are going to help people who are no longer getting abortions, but rather adopting or providing for their own children, I'm I'm all in favor of contributing in that aspect. Well, two two things come to mind. One is is
1: that you've you've got to protect the unborn Mm -hmm. you have to be you have to protect them you have to give a voice to those whose uh only crime is that they have no voice this is if that's if that's going to be true for other groups it has to be true for the most innocent group that we might consider the other thing is is that think about this um think about this strictly from a secular point let's say that there let's say hypothetically there is no god there's no accounting. There's none of that. Right. There's no moral absolutes. Okay. Well, if you set all of that aside and you look at the, the case for the unborn, our, our, our government was founded on certain fundamental rights that among these rights are life. Okay. Let's stop there. Right. <laughs> because yeah. if you don't have that, you don't have anything else. Right. And, and if you allow one section of our society, the unborn, to for, for their life to not matter. Right. Then where do any of the rest of us walk safe? You know, I, I've been we're in, just, we're just one law, right. one category away from our lives, not mattering.
0: I, I have debated with people who were what they call, they call themselves pro choice. I think that is, that is such, I don't know. You know, I could call myself the King of England. That doesn't make me the King of England. Let's call my call me what I really right. am, a citizen of the United States and a recruiter part time full well, full time, but to say that you're pro choice. Wh- whose choice? That that's the thing. It's, there's a life in there. Does that life get a choice? No. Um but I when I debate I say, okay, let's let's look at this from a spiritual standpoint. Because it's it's our spiritual standpoint that determines where we spend eternity. If if you if you subscribe to the faith and the doctrine of the Bible there's two choices for eternity. There's no in between. So let's look at that and let's just, for the sake of argument, pretend that it's true. Now you're pretending. I'm not. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. in the, in the argument. So just, just follow my line of thought on this. If you are helping support a movement that is taking lives of innocent unborn child and pushing them into an eternity, and, and according to the Bible, we know that, uh, people under the age of accountability um, go to heaven. The Bible, yes. the Bible teaches that there's a, there's, you know, David, David, uh, King David, when his child died at a young age, he said, uh, I know that, um, he cannot come to see me, but I know that I'll come to see him in the, in the kingdom. So yes. that, that teaches us that. So if you're supporting a movement that takes the life, the ability for that pursuit of happiness, you know, and, and the pursuit of that life, and you'd stand before an almighty, eternal, um, just God, where do you think your eternity is going to be? Right. Is it really, really worth you shouting and screaming? Is it really worth your vote to go towards something that is so damning to your own eternal soul? Is it really worth that? If if everything is true, if everything in the Bible is true, if everything that uh, our evangelists and preachers and Christians across the country have been teaching for decades— a lot of this a lot of this stuff we've we've as a nation walked away from it starting late 50s early 60s maybe and, and maybe sooner than that because we've talked about this before where did we start to degrade as a nation and i think you and i kind of traced it back to the time of when prohibition was repealed um maybe even back further uh, that didn't that didn't do us any. That didn't do us any
1: favors. I would take it to uh, about 1962 and 1963, well, definitely, where prayer and Bible reading yeah. were taken out of our educational system. I, and some and some people make the point, oh, well, you know, that's separation of church and
0: state. Yeah. yeah well, there's, there's a whole other show right there's there. A,
1: there's a whole other show right there where where um that 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 we could talk about what that really really was. But I give, I give you an example, and this is just anecdotal. Got a friend of mine, been friends with him for years. Um, he stood up at my wedding. Um, and, and he's, um, we have an understanding. Mm-hmm. He, and he self-styles himself as a bad boy. He jokes about the fact that he's, he, he says, you know, if I ever, if I ever walked in, into a church, um, you know, I'd catch fire. Right. You know, uh he's he taught you know, all of the silly stuff about heaven won't have me and hell's afraid I'll take over, all of that kind of stuff. That's that's where this guy is at. But in terms of just thinking things out rationally, we had a conversation years ago and and he says, No, I I talked with this friend of mine, Jim, and and um I've come to the conclusion that um abortion is murder. Right. And I, at the time, I didn't take that too strongly one way or another, because, okay, if you can't, uh, if you didn't ha- hold a strong opinion on that, then, um, th- then you might be able to be persuaded one way or the other. But here we are, all of these years later, and he is still of the same opinion and has never changed his mind. And I credit that to the fact that he's just a thinking person. Right. He's actually thought the thing out. How do you, with whatever your sensibilities are, whether you believe in God, whether you don't believe in God, whether you um, are a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, killing unborn babies, and they're not and they're not anything else. If 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 you can have a problem with uh, people impacting um, nature adversely and the death of of, of animals. Why, oh, why is this not something that you go, you know, life is precious and extend that logically to the unborn?
0: Yeah. Years ago, it was actually uh, nine years ago, um, in Southeast Missouri, there was a, a gentleman who was running for office, state office. His name was Bill Burleson and he sent out a letter and it was, this letter was so ridiculous. Um, one of the things that he did, well, he made some comments in the letter, and I'll, I'll refer to those in a minute. But one of the things that he even did was he cha- he challenged his opponent to a foot race to prove that he was in better shape than his opponent. <laughs> and I, I thought, well, you're really grasping at straws. That's like hey, that's like saying, hey, let's arm wrestle for it. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it makes absolutely, it doesn't impress anybody about, except the other drunks in the bar, you know. um But I yeah. I wrote a letter back to him. Um, and it was published in the paper and it was kind of interesting that the paper, um, they kind of did me a professional courtesy cause it was a police chief at the time. I don't know if that's why they did it or not, but they did. They, they liked the letter so much. They usually letters to the editor. You could only have so many words. And then after that, they charged you per word. And, um, they asked me if they could run it, I said, yeah, you can You can run it, and they said, okay, well, our policy is, is that this is what it would cost you based on the length of it, and I said, well, you know what, I really love that you uh, asked me about that, but I, I honestly didn't have the money because it was going to cost me several hundred dollars to run it, and I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it, and they're like, you know what, it's such a good article, we won't run it as a letter to the editor, we'll run it, kind of make comments on it, and run it as an article, if I believe nice. that's correct. So in this letter, and I've got it right here in front of me, I just pulled it up. Uh, It says, you also state in your letter that you're opposed to abortion, but you don't say why. Everybody that I know who is opposed to abortion will tell you that it is because they believe it is murder. Then you go on to say that while you are opposed to abortion, so the uh, or as the rest of us pro-lifers call it, murder, that you agree with the Supreme Court decision that women should be allowed to abort their children. This is the political double talk that we Americans are sick and tired of. What you stated in your letter is the equivalent of stating that you believe the act of murdering someone is wrong, but we should let the murderer decide if, who, and when he will kill. It's the same thing. Right.
1: Exactly the exactly, same thing. Exactly right.
0: How hypocritical, especially from someone who seems to take pride in their status as a Baptist Sunday school teacher. The Bible has a lot to say about the sanctity of life at con- at conception. Um, he... Yeah, I'll just read parts of this, too. You go on to discuss agendas that can only be dealt with on a federal level. If you ever notice, people running for state office tend to do this a lot. And, and all they're doing is pulling at the emotions of the voters. Um, this is something I said, such as deficit spending and requiring a constitutional amendment that will require a ba- balanced federal budget. State representatives can't do that. Um, tell me, Mr. Burleson, how, if elected as a Missouri state representative, you're going to work on the state level to change things that can only be changed on the federal level. It sounds good to an ignorant voting public, Mr. Burleson. Fortunately, the good people of our district are not so ignorant. Uh, incidentally, you also stated that when you left Congress 1980, I believe, the national debt had accumulated to $800 billion in a 200-year time span. That would mean that the national debt would have started to accumulate in 1780. It may interest you to know that in 1837, our national debt was completely paid off during the Jackson administration. If you're going to state historical facts and be held credible, you'll have to be a bit more accurate than that. Yes, we do have a huge national debt and something needs to be done about it, but I fail to see how that duty falls upon the shoulders of a state representative. I'd also like to know how the federal foreign policy can be changed on the state level. You stated that we should have learned our lesson from Korean, Vietnam, Iraq, and the Afghanistan wars, that we cannot police the world. I agree that all of these wars were and are controversial in some aspects. I also know that when another country is in jeopardy of losing their freedoms, we are one step closer to losing our own. That is why our country traditionally goes to the aid of countries that need it. What exactly is your stance on what you call the separ- strict separation of church and state. That's what we were referring to a while ago. You say in your letter that this is in our Bill of Rights, but it is not. The First Amendment reads, Congress shall make no law establishing uh, respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people, peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The Founding Fathers did not intend to keep the church out of the state. They had organized prayer meetings between sessions, opened many sessions in audible prayer, and also appointed chaplains. Their intent was to prohibit the government from overseeing and governing religious activities and organizations. You mentioned the separation, but you do not give your political views on it. Uh, I'm getting near the end. This is just for entertainment purposes now. Uh, You're what, fine. what was your... Motive to challenging your opponent, Mr. Wright, to a foot roast uh, foot race. Not a foot roast, a foot race. That would be totally a deal breaker. Do you think that voters will be swayed to vote for the winner? I would be disappointed in Mr. Wright if he were to accept your irrelevant challenge and even more disappointed in you for suggesting such an idea. Again, I commend you on your personal achievements in life, but I cannot vote for you or support your candidacy in any way, Jason Kurtman. Now, I will tell you that that was only the last half of the letter. Um, uh, But here, I think it's time, and, and I got a letter, I got a letter from the local prosecuting attorney and from other people saying that that was great. They loved it. You know, it's time that people call out politicians. Mr. Burleson had, if you look him up, Bill Burleson, he was an old school politician. He was a congressman in the 70s and the early 80s. One night, he had moved back from the East Coast into Southeast Missouri. I had a police officer friend before we, before he ran for office there that pulled him over for speeding quite a bit high too. I mean, I don't remember exactly what the, what he was doing in what zone, but it was, it was a high speeding uh, violation. And he told my young, the young female officer, uh, begged her not to write her a ticket because he was a congressman and his fellow uh colleagues would give him a hard time about getting a, a speeding ticket and it wouldn't look good and so she voided the ticket out. Well, she told me this and I, I hadn't heard of Bill Burleson, so I went back and I, I checked him out and found out he hadn't been a congressman in well over twenty years. <laughs> and so um I said, why don't do you, do you still want to write the ticket? She's like, yeah, if I'd have known that he was, you know, giving me a snow job, I said write the ticket. We'll mail it to him. And we did. But this just goes to show, po- politicians, and he was a Democrat, but politicians, whether they be Democrat, some of them Republican, um, will say what they want to get your vote, to make you feel good about voting for them. When number one, they can't do what they promised, because it's, if it's on a state level and versus a federal level. And number two, they just do stupid stuff like challenging their opponents to arm wrestling matches and foot races. I, I just, it's hard for me to have respect for the politicians such as this that, that play those games. And I think that's why in the first election, and even the second, if I dare say, that Trump has such a huge following because he doesn't play games. Right. So what you working on there, Jim? Well, I was trying to pull something
1: up, and I apologize for the noise, but I was, I was looking for, have you ever seen the movie Um, First Night? I don't believe so. Uh, Sean Connery plays King Arthur. Well, it's gotta be good then. Right. Um, but there's a speech in there where he talks about, um, you know, beyond our borders. Mm Mm-hmm. Who, where is it written that there live lesser men? Right. Let, let them, let them die. And, and then he goes on to make the point that either we hold to what uh, uh, is good and right and true, is good and right and true for all men under God. Right. Or we're just another Robert Tripe. Hmm. And so when you were talking about like Korea, uh, Korea and, and Vietnam, there's, there are reasons to be, um, skeptical about some things. Sure. But, um, I, I think it's important yes we can't police the entire world but i think that we in order to be consistent with our own beliefs as a country say that um people in other countries are of uh the same rights as our as our noble selves we
0: can't throw the baby out with the bathwater
1: you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater um but but no we can't we can't police the whole world but by the same token we've got to, we've got to recognize that people in other parts of the world are yeah uh, are, are worthy of the same rights that we are now the the, the problem with and, and it's a complex problem because if we sit there and we say well that's uh so we'll we'll go and we'll get ourselves involved everywhere okay well the minute that we get ourselves involved everywhere um, and have become the policemen of the world. The problem comes up that, um, what happens when they don't value a freedom that they had no skin in the game on? Right. Then, then we can send our, our young men over there. They, they fight, they die, they hand these people a freedom that we fought for. And, and that's why we value it is because we fought dearly for this. Um, but when somebody's handed something that costs them nothing when they have no skin in the game, then it's not that the value is not the same when your sons aren't the ones on the battlefield purchasing your freedom- mm-hmm. it's It's less precious
0: yeah, this is why this and this is all when you look at the big picture, this is why this election is so important. You yes. know what people say, well, there wasn't any fraud. fine, let's prove it. Let's prove it because there is a doubt. But let's prove it. Otherwise, the people that we have sent off to war, there's an element of vanity that they have died in. Uh, right. If, if we can't protect our own freedoms, we certainly can't protect anybody else's. Yes. And uh, let's let's prove that there's no... Fr- I, this is one thing that irritates me. I hear it. I listen to the news every morning on my beautiful Alexa device. Um, I, I hear from so many news outlets, uh, Trump's petition was denied... Uh, he's, he's filing another lawsuit in this court, uh, because of his unsubstantiated claims that there is voter fraud.
1: The, the level of and, substantiation is exactly
0: what is determined in court. Right. And yet the media. They've they, decided. They've decided this is, yes. and this is, oh, I was just thinking about this while ago. I don't remember who the press secretary was at the white house. Cause we've been through several of them. Jim Acosta got up and said, Hey, Donald Trump said that the media is the any the enemy of the people. Why would he say that? Do you, will you say, well, he kept pushing this, will you say that the media is not the enemy of the people? She's like, I'm not going to answer for what Donald Trump said. Uh You don't want to be the enemy of the people. Don't make these stories, which you've reported, and she named a list of them, totally inaccurate, totally false, totally twisted. Um That's not something that somebody who is not the enemy of the people would do. So if you want to ensure that you're not the enemy of the people, report the facts, report them unbiasedly, and do your job. And and the more that I thought about that, especially over the last year, I have no doubt in my mind that the media, and I'm talking the mainstream media, CNN, ABC, name the other, even Fox News now is on that list for me. They are, without a doubt, the enemy of the people. They're not letting us decide... And that one reporter, I wish I could remember her name, she, they said it was just a slip of the tongue. She made the comment on live television, Donald Trump is trying to uh, force people how to think. And that's not his job, that's our job. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, that's what's that, that slip of
1: the tongue is what we refer to as a Freudian yeah, slip.
0: It, where you said exactly what you meant. I just didn't mean to say it because it was a confession of guilt. Yes. Um. So I, I have sworn off. The only thing I'm really watching right now that I, I was asked the other day, what, what are your sources? How do you get your news? I said, occasionally I'm looking at Newsmax right now. I have no reason to distrust them as of yet. And honestly, I scroll through my Facebook feed and I have common sense enough to know what's true, what's not, what could be true, what might not be. Um, sometimes I, I just blow it off and, and keep scrolling. I love my thumb. You know, <laughs> I just keep scrolling. And, um, that's, that's how I find, kind of find out what's going on in the world. If I see a story that I'm like, I don't know if that's right. Well, there's where, that's where a search engine comes in. I can do a little research on it. Um, it, these fact checkers on Facebook are really, really starting to get to me. There was a, a picture the other day of, um, uh, jeff foxworthy it was it was it was a meme and it said you know if something about if something the way you vote or whatever and you know you still trust those people then you might be a redneck and i knew that jeff foxworthy didn't say that but he does the redneck jokes and so that's why his picture was on it it's blocked out it says this is a false statement and I was like, really? You got to be kidding me. And I checked, why is it a, a fake? And they said, because Jeff Foxworthy never said this. Well, I know that. You know?
1: No,
0: right. It doesn't take an idiot to figure out that Jeff Foxworthy does rednecks jokes. So, but so does everybody else. And when you hear a redneck joke, who do you think of? Right. Jeff Foxworthy. It, it's his thing, it's his trademark. And, uh, I'm I, uh, I could go on and on. I love the redneck <laughs> I, I love the redneck jokes because I am one. Uh just a little <laughs> bit. But um, anyway, I I'm tired of the fact book the Facebook fact checkers and of course Candace Owens is suing them over this. You've heard that, right?
1: No, I didn't. I haven't yeah. been keeping up with the news. She but has good got for her. A,
0: she's got a major lawsuit against them because uh she uh expressed an opinion. Uh, as I recall, she made it very clear that it was an opinion. It was an opinion based on a medical report from another doctor uh relating to covid nineteen. It was just an opinion, and they fact checked her and I use that in quotes and because of that, they got really upset and they demonetized her facebook page um that you know once you get real popular in certain social media. Uh, if you're viral and you, you're doing really good, then the companies that own those platforms will start paying you because you're bringing people to your plat, to their platform. So they'll pay you for that. Well, they, I, Facebook doesn't like the kinds of people. They don't like you and me, Jim. Honestly, they tolerate us. Um,
1: yeah, we're, a, we are the product.
0: We, we, that's right. We are the product. That's why there's been a, a, a flood. Of people recently leaving Facebook. They're leaving in droves and Twitter as well. Twitter, um, people from that are leaving Twitter are going to Parlor. People that are leaving Facebook are going to platforms like MeWe. Um, I'm, I went to another platform. I've got a couple of my friends on there, Jim. Grace-book.us. And it is a Christian-based, uh, website and it, it acts, almost identically to Facebook. If you can navigate and work Facebook, you can do grace-book.us. And uh I I love it there. I really really do. They don't have an app for your phone, but uh if you have an uh Apple, you can, you know, save their homepage to your home screen and it acts just like an app. I don't know, can you do stuff like that on your on your Android? Can you save a page to your home screen? Yes. Okay, so the, then you have an app, a self-created app. So speaking of apps, Jim, you come across anything good lately? Um, let me see here. I've, <laughs> I've fiddled, I've fiddled through a few things, but um, nothing's nothing has jumped out at me. Now we're going into the fun stuff. I will tell you what app I downloaded yesterday, and I'd I've say. played it. I've done it twice. I'm not a gamer. You know this. I, I can't stand video games. But uh Thanksgiving night, our friend Mitchell Stufflebeam was over, and he introduce, introduced us to a table game called Farkle. Have you ever played Farkle?
1: You know, it sounds really familiar. I'm, I'm thinking that I have at some point, but I don't remember what it was.
0: I won't go into how to play it, but it just involves a cup and six dice. And it was really, really fun. It's addictive. And uh I thought, well, I wonder if there's an uh, app Based on this, and sure enough, there was, and uh, I, I got really excited. And Seth and I, we were out last night, and we were having some fun, good times, talking. He's like, "Hey, when we get home, are you up for a game of Farkle?" Mitchell left his his game here for us. He says the only time I play it's when I'm with you guys, so I'll just leave it here. And so Seth and I played Farkle last night. Loved it, absolutely loved it. I highly recommend it. Tell you what, I'm going to do. The first person that sends me an email. At our fantastic website at gmail.com, I will send them a Farkle game. How does that sound? That sounds pretty cool. We haven't done a giveaway in a while, and they're right? cheap enough. So I will send them the the, the ability and the means, uh, not the skills, <laughs> to play Farkle. <laughs> that's, that's all, you're on your own. So uh, there's another app I came across. This is especially handy. You know, if your kids ever ask you to help them with your math, you know and they're like into algebra or trigonometry 3 or something and um I took algebra 1 I loved it so much I took it twice cuz <laughs> cuz I had to learn to love it the second time I I I couldn't do it now if my life depended on it um but there is an app called Photomath have you heard or seen of this no you can it takes a handwritten even a handwritten or typed math problem you take a picture of it just a photograph And it'll come back with the answer to your problem. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I I tried it the other day just because I was curious to see if it worked and it did. Uh, let's see. Another app that I came across. Uh, me and Sarah, we're, we're doing our best to try to find another place to move to. And, uh, I, I I know that when I get settled, Jim, I want to start kayaking. Uh, my family, all the men in our family and a couple of the ladies in our family uh, love to kayak They, matter of fact, I, if I counted the number of kayaks in our family, it'd probably be right under a dozen somewhere and uh, I'd like to get into that I, uh, my brother took me kayaking at a lake outside of Valley Park, Missouri it was an old quarry and uh, I found out it was over 600 feet deep on the average that's pretty deep Right, and those kayaks tip over real easy if you're not careful, so that was fun, (laughs) but uh, there's an app called uh, Go Paddling, and it tells you all the lakes uh, in the area, what they cost, if there's a parking fee or a launch fee or anything else, pretty cool, and it doesn't have to be a kayak, of course, you can, a lot of these places will tell you what kind of boats you can put in the water and whatnot, so those are the apps that I came across this week. So I, I'm an app man. I'm not an AB man. I'm an app man. <laughs> I wish I was an AB man. But, uh, hey, Jim, I got a question for you. Let, let's do a sure. little trivia here. We're winding down. We got about, oh, I don't know, about 10 minutes. Um, 4% of people do this in the shower. What do you think it is? It doesn't have to do with uh, relieving yourself. I'll just make that oh, okay. announcement okay. right now. <laughs> Um, 4% of people do this in the shower. Brush their teeth. You are absolutely right. I did not think you'd get that. <laughs> do you brush your teeth in the shower? Have you I've ever? I've done it before. Really? I have. I have. Um, but I was like, eh. Don't see the point one way or the other. I, yeah. So, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just never thought to, you know. Um, I shave in the shower occasionally. Um what I try to do is, before I get in the shower, is kind of trim up, you know, around the sideburns and and maybe the lip. So, I get, you know, detail it and then jump in the shower and then I take care of, you know, all the wide open spaces. <laughs> um That's how I do that. and And the reason I do that is, number one, it's steamy in there. So, it makes your hair, your facial hair a little softer and easier to cut. But also... You run that razor blade under that water, which is usually coming down in pretty good force. It does a good job of cleaning out your razor. Right. So that's, that's what I've done. That, that's about all I think I've done in the shower. Besides sing, I sing in the shower sometimes. I wonder <laughs> what percentage of people, uh, sing in the shower. Um, there, there was a, uh, commercial years ago and it showed a man singing in the shower. He had a terrible voice. And just, you know, it just goes, it's for like, there's a 60 second commercial and like 45 seconds of it. It's nothing but this guy singing in the shower, you know, and the windows are steaming up and you hear him singing, he's Vigoro, Vigoro, and all this opera stuff. <laughs> and finally, the announcer says, This has been going on too long. What you need is a water saving shower head. <laughs> <laughs> Genius commercial. Genius commercial. So I used to make the joke, uh, years and years ago, uh, something would be happening. I said, Yeah, this, this reminds me of when my wife sings in the shower. And they'd look at me funny and go, What do you mean? I said, It's just going on too long. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you know that there is a butterball turkey hotline?
1: The, I, you know, I think I did hear that.
0: Yeah. So if you buy a butterball turkey, you can call in and ask questions on how to prepare it, how to cook it you know ask questions about how they were raised or whatever whatever you want to know they can pretty much tell you sometimes they have to bite their lip to keep from laughing at you when they get (laughs) stupid questions i got the top three stupid questions that the butterball turkey hotline has received are you ready for this i am ready for this this is laughable is it okay to thaw my turkey in the bathtub while bathing my kids oh no what is wrong with you what is wrong with you? You want your kids coming out of the bathtub with turkey grease, you know, that won't wash off. But worse yet, you're, that's not the right Brian. <laughs> you know, kid kid dirt and, and, and soap.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's Brian. It, it, it's Brian, not
0: Brian. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not young Brian. Yeah. Oh, uh, crazy. Here's the other, the second question. Can I use my oven self-cleaning cycle to speed up the cooking process? I'm not even sure how that would work. I'm not familiar with the self-cleaning process and how that works. Are you? No. I'm not either, but I just, I I could tell you that's not what that's there for, you know. Can I, here's a good one. Can I take my frozen turkey into my sauna to thaw it faster? Can you imagine going to the gym, walking in, there's a big guy (laughs) with a towel around his waist, sitting next to a turkey with a little towel around its (laughs) midriff. Oh, the Butterball oh Turkey God. hotline. You know, this might be a challenge uh for us for Christmas if we could come up with some crazy questions to ask them and then call them and and just ask those those questions and record the response. Hmm, something to think about. No, no, no. Um I got one of those we're calling about your car's extended warranty. Right. And I usually I do the little hit the number 2 to be taken off our do not call list, which does absolutely nothing, by the way. It's a placebo that doesn't work. You know, makes you feel better for about five minutes until you get the next call. Well, I thought, you know what? i why not? I'll answer, I'll answer the call. I hit the button for, uh, clerk to come on and she says, uh, th- uh, we're calling about, and I don't even remember what she said. And I said, well, I want to know about the extended warranty. I have a 1969 Chevy. Click. As soon as I said that, she hung up. <laughs> I thought, well, that was funny. So. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm just going to start doing that. I got a 1960 Chevy, whatever. I'll, I'll come up with a make and model. So, have you got your Christmas tree up yet, Jim? No, I do not. Yeah do you, Do you have an artificial tree, or do you get a real one every year?
1: No we we did the we did the artificial tree.
0: It just it's
1: easier to maintain and all of that. Yeah. So that's that's been the way that we've gone.
0: I like the artificial tree because it is easier to maintain. It's easier to store for the most part. I have a problem, though. I always, I've got, last year, I could not find my artificial tree. We had moved, and I couldn't find it. It was out in the garage, buried in, in a box somewhere, and I couldn't find it. And I thought, well, they're cheap enough, you know. You can find one for $20, $25. So I went down, and I bought another one. Okay, fast forward a little bit. We're thinking about moving out of state. I load up some boxes in the garage, uh, fill my trailer up, head out of state, put them in a storage unit out of state, and we haven't been able to move yet, but my Christmas tree is out of state, both of them. So I thought, well, you know what, I am not buying another Christmas tree, uh, another artificial one. So uh this is what I found out. I, I called my buddy, Michael Shinaberry and said, hey, uh, any place up in Cloudcroft that's going to be selling real Christmas trees? Remember how they used to do that? I think they still do. Like at Walmart, they'd stand them up or well, up in Cloudcroft, it's beautiful, it's up in the mountains, it's near the forest. He says, no. He goes, I don't know about that. He said, but you can go online, and there's a website here. I'm trying to find it. Um, but you can, oh, through recreation.gov backslash tree dash permits. Uh, you can buy a Christmas tree permit for about $12, year, $12, $12 and a half dollars 12 dollars 5 and then you can go into a designated area in the National Forest and cut down your own tree. I think that's pretty cool. Uh me and Seth and possibly Sarah are gonna go up probably next Saturday up into the mountains and get our own Christmas tree. So I'm done spending money on artificial ones. So that's that's our plan, Jim. Very cool. And like Paul Harvey, uh that's it. That's the Last of the Pages. So <laughs> Good day. Yeah, I couldn't do Paul Harvey if I tried. But <laughs> right? I have tried, trust me. So Good Day? Yeah. Sounds like right. that doesn't sound like Paul Harvey. That sounds like Paul Logan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not a Christmas tree. This is a Christmas tree, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, I uh, keep me in your thoughts and prayers, Jim. I'm in a talent contest this evening. Do you I, have any? I well, we'll, we'll soon find wah, wah. out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll soon find out. No, I am. I'm playing the piano and I'm singing a Southern gospel song of one of the old hymns. Thank God I am free. It'll be interesting, it'll be fun. I chose this after I found out that almost everybody else uh, I thought it, it because of a church was putting it on, I thought it would be, you know, religious based. It, it's not so much. People are doing comedy and magic acts and everything and I'm going to get up there and do a hymn. So, <laughs> I'll be different anyway. Right. Hey folks, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh make a friend this week, spend some time with your kids and definitely tip your server, your DoorDash, Uber Eats. Uh, Postmates, whatever Uh, It's a hard time for everybody Let's help each other out Jim? And please, turn on your Amber Alerts The life you save Maybe someone that you know and care for Y'all have a great day God bless you We'll keep you in our prayers You keep us in your prayers Good night, everybody